0: Good morning, it's Rainer G. I promised to come back today to do part two of what's going on in America and uh, connecting the dots, and that's where we are. Part two is going to be a little shorter, um, because this is ongoing. It it may never end, who knows, anymore. Okay, I I uh, just a brief summary of yesterday was just going over how all these things connect to uh, where they got to in the in the uh, midterm elections and uh, afterwards, immediately afterwards, and then coming up to the election cycle that put Obama back in office. If you remember now, as part of this section, um, our our credit rating in America was lowered for the first time in history because Obama and his cohorts are manipulating money. Uh, And you need to go, I, I don't have hours and hours to do this, but you need to go and look up the IMF and the Rothschilds and all of these people who actually control the economies of the world to understand m- more in depth why and how all these things can be manipulated. You, you also need to do a little more research on George Soros, who manipulates economies all over the place and, and destroys them uh, at will, yeah, basically. Uh, and Obama's whole ideology about leveling the playing field so that America becomes a third world country and not an exceptional country, um, and that's not that third world countries are, are, you know, doomed and condemned and and all that. It, 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 people are born for a reason in certain places and to certain people to do certain things. And I, for one, was born in America and am proud of that. If I was born in Italy or Japan or Vietnam, I wouldn't be who I am. My soul would be different. But they don't get all that stuff. They were just all going to be in uniform, living in the same places, eating the same food that they dictate, saying the words that they dictate, singing the songs that they dictate. You know? Notice the word dictate. (laughs) And they will make fun of it. Oh, you think everything is conspiracy and it's a tyranny. Yeah, well, keep listening and start learning and start really using the brain that God gave you, because um, (laughs) when you connect the dots, it all makes sense. So time has gone on here, and and the economy is still tanked, and um, we're still fighting about whether to fund or not Obamacare, because the House is Republican. Congress is still uh, Democrat-dominated. So that fight is going to go on. So, you know, we have Libya. We have to take out Gaddafi, right? But but Hillary and Obama never look at the far-end consequences, or do they? Do they understand, like we did immediately, that when you mess with Libya and take out Gaddafi, that the Muslim Brotherhood, just as in Egypt, is going to take over Libya? And if you know geography at all, you see what's going on in northern Africa, um... Al-Qaeda's there and growing. So what do you think is going to happen in Libya? Libya. Um, Yeah, it's there. We also pull out of Iraq, destabilizing it completely. But, see, we had made sure we had to make that election promise because otherwise when the election comes up, all of our anti-war people who hated Bush for going into Iraq, saying there were no weapons of mass destruction, won't vote for you. However, even now, even now, We have um, Iran in Iraq and the threat of chemical weapons being used on advanced technology weapons to go after um, Israel. Anybody who thinks there were not weapons of mass destruction in Iraq is an idiot. They moved to Syria, and if you see what's going on in Syria now, gee, what are we worried about? Using weapons of mass destruction like chemical weapons on Assad's own people. That was a gift from Saddam Hussein. He moved them. That's all. He moved them. So, anyway, so, you know, we're going to pull out of Iraq and destabilize that. And who gets Iraq when we pull out? Iran. But that's okay because Iran laughs at the U.S. and at Israel. They can establish a real strong foothold now. And Israel's just this little tiny country being suddenly and forever at the same time surrounded by people who want to wipe them off the map. But what Obama says is that he thinks that the Palestinian-Israel borders should get set back to the 50s, naturally. He's not only anti-Semitic, but remember he's also anti-colonialist. And he believes Israel is a colonialist for moving and and building settlements that impose on the Palestinians. Now, most Americans don't understand that, um, and I I didn't for a while, why the Jewish Americans in this country support Palestine and not Israel. I still don't, but they have been led to believe that Palestine is Jewish. Palestine is not Jewish. The Palestinian Jews who were there are in Israel because the Palestine itself um, was was Egyptian and Libyan and Syrian. They they weren't Jewish, and that's why there's a fight between Palestine and Israel. So why do the Jewish people in America support the left and Palestine against Israel? And mostly because they're lazy and they don't learn. They were, they were, you know, a lot of my Jewish friends when they were young, who are, you know, they're now 50, 60, whatever, used to go to camp every summer to learn communism and to learn what communists wanted them to learn. That's the education level, okay? That doesn't mean that you go out and, and go read for yourself and find out what's true, because most of the time the, the papers, newspapers, um Magazines and any other literature that you're given has the same talking points and lines in it. So that that's what you learn. Palestine is the one you support, and Israel is a colonialist, and and uh, and you become anti-Jewish while you're Jewish. And and I've talked to Jewish friends lately. I said, why do you support? It? Well, that's that's the Jewish state, and, and and it should be a Jewish state. No, really, really, okay. <laughs> well, they also don't understand, you know. Islam, and and the Muslim Brotherhood, and what happens after they kill all the Jews in Israel is that the Caliphate is then pretty well set for the Middle East, and next is Africa, and at simultaneously, because they've already basically taken over two-thirds of Europe, The next is the West, the Western Caliphate. They don't understand that. Okay, so while that's going on, of course, we've got Michelle Obama. You know, she's got 35 staffers. 35 staffers. Most first ladies, if they had two or three, that was a lot. 35 staffers, why would she need that many? she that such a superwoman, that everybody who listens to, or used to listen to uh, Oprah and who knows who, she's a super first lady, the worst first lady we've ever had. She plants a garden and, and you, in at the White House, West Lawn, and everybody says, look, she's look at what she's doing with kids. Yeah, she's planting a garden with genetically modified seeds from Monsanto, who people all over the Europe are now marching against because genetically modified seeds will kill you. But but, that, but she's super, you know. She has 35 staffers. Those 35 staffers kind of match Obama's 37 czars. Um, that's a whole lot of people working on an agenda that are pretty much in the forefront. And then you've got, of course, the Center for American Progress and all these other organizations in the background. So it's a lot of people working on this agenda. But her 35 staffers, some of them leave once in a while. We don't hear too much about it because uh, the press corps, you know, we don't want to upset her. Um, but they go and do things like like work with youth groups, other places, in retraining. Um, you saw some of that during the first campaign when all of a sudden all these kids were chanting Obama phrases and we'll do anything for Obama, we'll die for Obama. They're 10 years old. You know the last, last uh, historical figure who had those kinds of kids within their grasp it was during the Third Reich. Anyway, so they have all of those. Um, they're, they're, the czars that Obama has are far-left radical, and they're working to implement the full agenda also, especially in healthcare and education, which affects more than two-thirds of our economy. Um, They help Obama figure out his executive orders, and he has done more executive orders than any ten presidents combined. When he campaigned, of course, he would not use executive orders to do anything, but he did it immediately and has continued to do it. And they help him figure out which ones he needs to use. Like signing an executive order to make sure that at any given time, if Janet Napolitano, the Homeland Security person, says, um, you know, they're 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 really doing something over here, that and and we got to stop them, I, otherwise, I don't know what's going to happen, because um, she doesn't know what's going to happen because she hasn't secured our borders, and she's working for the left, open border society, Soros person, also. Um, they they let, you know, they say, oh, you better sign this order that says, just in case, there's an uprising from those awful Tea Partiers. Tea Partiers, again. From the awful people who believe in the founders of this country, who believe in the Constitution, who salute the flag, who sing the anthem and cry. If there's an uprising from those people who have all those guns and ammo, um we have to have an order that says we can take over the the land, the food, the water, communication, anything else that we need to to stop them. So he signs that order, okay? And 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 she and he and they direct all these agencies to start buying up ammo. Hollow point ammo. Hollow point ammo is not for target shooting. It's not for practice. So they're buying up ammo. Millions, hundreds of millions, hundreds and hundreds of millions of rounds of ammo. For what? Why does the post office need, you know, 50 million rounds of hollow-point ammo? Because, I mean, somebody won't pay, won't put the postage stamp on a letter, they're going to shoot them or what? They start doing all of this stuff and think that nobody's going to find out. But, of course, you know, I mean, we do have some people who try to pay attention. The mainstream media doesn't, but they're already bought by Soros. And others. So that's why you get all this backlash and hatred towards Fox News. I actually went to Buffalo a few weeks ago and and a very close person to me, I started talking about, I try not to talk about too much because we'll just fight, but I started talking about something and she goes, oh, you're a a Fox fan. And I just, I said, you should be because they mess up just like other media. They, you know, they don't always tell the truth. They screw people over. They do all this stuff. But comparatively at least you'll get some idea about what's going on because with the mainstream media you won't that's communist propaganda media that's all it is they tell you what you you need to hear they will tell the lie over and over again until it becomes the truth and will make sure that you don't know about all the things that you could question but people boy they'll they'll watch it they're loyal except that their ratings are horrible and they're their listenership are, is going down constantly because people are finally getting it. But anyway, so you, you listen to all that stuff. Hillary is off traveling. You know, remember she tried to reset the relationship with Russia with the reset button that said the wrong thing. Putin is laughing at us. They, He knows. He knows the apparent, very apparent U.S. weakness. Now, now Obama being a Stalinist and a Maoist and a Marxist and everything else that he is, I think believed that... You know, if he supports Russia in a certain way, they, they're on his side then. <laughs> well, with all the stuff going on now, we, we're finding out, and he should have found out, that they're just making a laughing stock out of him. But, you know, that's okay. The Arab Spring is really the Arab Caliphate at this point. Egypt and Libya, Libya under the Muslim Brotherhood. We took out Gaddafi for what reason? Hmm? Oh, well, um... And we also have Muslim Brotherhood in the White House, including in the Defense Department and and in our national security areas with top-secret information about how we defend our country. That is, you know, treason. That is aiding and abetting the enemy in the takeover of our own country. Uh, But the media... You know, says nothing. And don't forget Fast and Furious, either. Now, everybody on the left will say, oh, George Bush started that. Well, George Bush did do a Fast and Furious gun thing with Mexico, except everything was coordinated and labeled and followed and uh, much more organized, and nobody died. That's number one, nobody died. Um, With Fast and Furious, Brian Terry did die, and the guns are lost, and nobody knows where they are, and nobody knows how many went, and Eric Holder and and Homeland Security, Janet Napolitano, I don't know anything about it. That's not what I remember. No, I don't think we did that. Until more comes out and we find out that Holder has lied to Congress, and in the United States, that's contempt. And he should have been removed from office immediately. But he's just held in contempt and slapped on the wrist, and, and he goes on. Okay. <laughs> um, while this is going on, and or just before this, actually, Obama has allowed the president of Mexico to come and speak to a joint session of Congress. I'm an American citizen. I can't do that. I mean, legally, I can. Do you think I can? Mm-mm. But the Mexican president can come and speak to Congress, and every time he says open the borders, and Mexico wants to come here and do this and do that. The Democrats stand up, the progressives stand up and cheer him, and the, and the Republicans sit there and say nothing. Now, I'm not saying Republicans are doing anything good here. Republicans have become the weakest force. And it's because that line between Republican and Democrat has really shifted. You know, you used to be Republicans, Democrats, so if your grandfather was a Democrat and you're still voting Democratic because he was and your father was, if he was alive now... He would not, because now the Republicans are Democrats. And the line has shifted left. And the Democrats, who were liberals and progressives, are actually moving towards a totally fascist state of uh, stateism and communism and whatever happens after that, which is the New World Order. Now, the Republicans, that's why they say they're in disarray, because they don't know what Republican means anymore. Most of them are Democrats. They vote like a Democrat. They act like a Democrat. So then, if you get somebody who is right of the Republicans, they're they're right-wing extremists, and usually they are because <laughs> people are very confused about what all those things mean. Um, if you're now a Republican, you're a white-wing right-wing extremist. It's because you you're, um, you rely on evangelical ideology, or um, whatever I mean the, the ideology that puts you so far right that nobody can vote for you there are two wings there are two parties in our country there are multiple other parties that influence those parties if you look at a bird you can hear the birds outside because my office is um, a big screened in area outside because I like to be in nature and I also walk and do these podcasts in nature but if you, birds can't fly with one wing they can't fly if one wing is dominant they can't soar at all and America, with the American Eagle, which is being killed off by wind turbines, that's okay. It's only if if, if one of them, you know, gets hit by a an oil rig or something that, that there's fines. But wind turbines, that's okay. Anyway, the American Eagle will soar. If you've ever seen one really soar, it's, it's an amazing thing to see. Um, but not if one wing is heavier than the other or... One of them is clipped. So we need both wings in our government to be able to fly. Some moderation, some balance. And maybe balance is the right word. Some balance. I mean, I'm not a right-wing extremist. I'm not a super conservative. I'm not a Republican conservative extremist. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a left-wing Democrat. I, I look at social issues as being those within our borders, there are social issues because we are a social people. We better be. Um, and there are issues that affect people that that I may be adamant about until I re-examine them. Okay? I, I, and, and some of them, and most of them, should not be federal issues. They should be state and local. None of, many of these things should never have been elevated to the federal um, position because that's not how our Constitution was built. We're built for state control, if there's going to be a word for it. It starts with the people, by the people. You elect your local officials based on what you believe in concert with each other you want your community to be. And then that community is part of the larger community of a county and then a district and then a state. And those people are elected to represent your beliefs and interests in that state including education and transportation, insurance, health care, um, jobs, and, and any kind of regulatory things that have to happen so that people get good water and they have good roads and they have good schools for their children. And, and nobody is trying to kill each other or take over an area or whatever. That's what the states were there for. And the only reason the federal government is there, because we needed something central to protect our borders our large border and to provide the infrastructure that the states would need to do business with each other and communicate and socialize with each other what has happened is that's all shifted to federal and the states are caving to the federal government over and over and over again all right